This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. More than 25,000 Palestinians have been killed and 1.9 million or more than 85% of Gaza's population has been displaced since Israel began its latest assault on Gaza on October 7th. In fact, Israel's military campaign has resulted in crisis levels of hunger and starvation, with UN agencies warning of famine and disease. And this is as the Gazan healthcare system struggles to cope with the injuries inflicted on Palestinians as a direct result of the war, of the shelling and bombardment that have been happening non-stop. So joining me on the show today to share what it's been like on the ground and how the healthcare system in Gaza is holding up is Rehidor Esquera, a registered nurse and healthcare worker with Médecins Sans Frontières, also known as Doctors Without Borders or commonly MSF. Rehidor, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Now, I'm going to start by looking, taking a big picture look first at the work that MSF does. You know, I know that MSF um, first started working in Gaza in 1989. They've been there uh, continuously since 2000. But um, I guess from what you've seen, um, could you give us a broad overview of what kind of services or support that MSF provides in Gaza? Mm-hmm. First of uh, in Gaza, as far as I remember when I was there, uh, we are providing mental health support for the populations of Gaza since uh, 2006. And there's the project of one of our MSF sections that is uh, specializes in uh, born management. So from time to time, we have, uh, we call it uh, escalations. When you have uh, uh, atrocities that are happening, uh, when there's uh, uh, rockets and uh, by Hamas to Israeli side and Israeli will retaliate and you will have a continuous bombardment of Gaza Strip that will have uh, multiple injuries for patients and this is what we are doing is to support uh, different uh, health structures particularly second and tertiary level of hospital when it comes to emergency uh, trauma care and uh, surgical activities so um, apart from that when uh, this escalation that is happening uh, in 2012, 2008, and we call it war 2014. And uh, 2018 was the Great March of Return, which is uh, when uh, every Friday you have a protest, uh, people going to the pens, protesting the right of return to their uh, ancestral uh, land. So you have a, a injuries of people coming to the hospital. So that's prompted one of the MSF uh, sections to start an activity and supporting one of the hospitals in the north uh, where there's number of people that is coming here, number of injured people is coming there. So that is all uh, started. Then uh, when you dig more on this uh, kind of programming, you also need to ensure that you're just not only operating patients, but you need also to see how is the possibility for them to integrate and go back their normal functioning so it means that we need to provide uh, after surgery series of surgery we need to buy the physiotherapy and uh, i don't know if you know already that the antibiotic resistance in in gaza is high Mm. so it's quite difficult to manage infections so this is one of the programs that we introduce also in in gaza strip and uh, coupled with uh, with a with a rehabilitation uh, aspect where we need to provide tissue therapy and as well as partnering with other organizations to provide prosthesis, limb prosthesis for the people that requires it, that needed it. So all in all, that, that is what we, we, we are doing. 
Then, uh, yeah, apart from that, we are also engaged in a COVID response in, in, in Gaza, which is a global pandemic. So it happens also in Gaza. So MSF is quite involved in a close uh, support to the Ministry of Health in Gaza to, to curb the, the pandemic. Mm. Now, I understand you've personally been there five times since 2018. Um, tell me more about um, what has been your role on the ground as well. Okay, so I started as, by uh, background, I'm a nurse, you know it already. So I'm specialized in operating uh, chatter, uh, which is more uh, a, a clinical uh, nurse. Uh, but my specialization in MSF, it's not only to be an operating nurse or you need to assist surgeons. So uh, for me, when you call operating nurse uh, in, in MSF, you need to be involved in the organization of management of the department itself. So it means that I was there to 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 support the surgical team in terms of uh, treating not only treating patients but making sure that the right uh, equipment uh, and the right procedures are done in a more sterile manner in collaborations with uh, with partners so it means that i was involved mostly in the setup and organization in the end i find myself as as a project medical referent where it's more overseeing the medical activities then mm -hmm. i rose to the rank on my third rotation that I, I was given uh, the responsibility as medical coordinator, which is involves more on the medical strategy and forecasting of our uh, activities in Gaza in the next coming years. Mm. If we first look at the situation prior to this latest escalation, prior to 7th October, right? In the past, um, how would you describe the healthcare system in Gaza in terms of um, how the healthcare facilities were running? I can say it's it's functional, but uh, the fact that it's under 15 years plus under the blockade, so it means that uh, it's overstretched in terms of uh, normal functioning. So it means that uh, we go on, on the aspects of, of, of uh, supplies, which is quite uh, an issue always. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned that uh, only 55% of the essential medications uh, that is supposed to 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 enter into Gaza are only fifty five percent are there, and uh, you are missing forty five percent. In terms of medical equipment, uh, there's this kind of restrictions also for a dual use of medical equipment. So you cannot just import uh, spare parts to repair your your broken or dysfunctional medical equipment. That's why some of these equipment are just holding in, in a warehouses or not repaired. Then there's the issue of human resources also, mm -hmm. because the fact that, uh, yeah, mm. Mm, the, the payment of salary of this uh, public servant is quite also an issue for, for the uh, incumbent uh, government uh, in Gaza. Mm. So with that, that is already kind of like uh, a, a ceiling or overstretch, then you put an escalation on top of it or any crisis. You, it will be exacerbated the conditions and the management of uh, cases. So that's why one of the things that we, we as a, an organization, a medical organization, this is what we will try to support. Mm. So right now, you know, with the escalation that is happening and the, the pretty much continuous um, siege and attacks that have been happening since 7 October, how would you sum up the current situation in Gaza then? I mean, uh, in my uh, experience, it's really in a catastrophic uh, level. This uh, virtually... Uh, impossible to, to, to conduct any medical activities when uh, 
the, the, the hospitals that we are supporting or the area or places that used to work as a medical personnel have been hit and targeted several times. So, I mean, that's the precedent side of being there. It's already there. And the dangers of being there, it's it's another issue. Mm. So, mm. I know you were last assigned to Gaza during this recent conflict as well a few months ago. Um, do you mind sharing where you were working and, and what the situation was like on the ground? So uh, with my recent deployment, uh, I was uh, mostly concentrated in the Gaza city, in the south of uh, Gaza city, where we have a primary health care structure that we renovated and are preparing for any uh, emergency or situations like uh, escalations. Because the likely things that happen when you have a big escalations is like the, the, the tertiary or bigger hospitals in different governorate of Gaza mm-hmm. is overwhelmed with injured people. So one of the plans of the, the Ministry of Health and during the time is to unload this number of cases after they get operated, they need to be followed up in a primary health care level. So that is one of the strategy of MSF uh, to, to make sure that we are able to provide a post-operative care for, for the people that have been operated. And also to, to strengthen their primary health care uh, activities, which is providing them with proper uh, setup, uh, equipment, and diagnostic uh, capacity. It's not only related to trauma, but also to related to their primary health care uh, activities or or uh, preparations. And I said. We do have to go for a quick break. On the show with me today is Rehidor Esguera, registered nurse with Médecins Sans Frontières, sharing about his experiences working in Gaza um, on several assignments since 2018, as well as what MSF is seeing on the ground right now with the continuous shelling and bombardment of Palestinians in Gaza by Israeli forces. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick break on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su, and joining me on the show today is Rehidor Esguera, registered nurse with Médecins Sans Frontières or MSF, um, sharing what MSF is seeing on the ground in Gaza as Israel continues its military campaign against Palestinians in Gaza in this latest escalation since October 7th. Now, Rehidor, we, we keep hearing, I think in the past three months, um, reports of um, healthcare facilities being targeted as well. Was that some Something that you observed or experienced while you were there? For me, during that period, yes, we most of the time, the supported hospital that we have in the north, because in my previous deployment, I was assigned to manage the, the supported hospital in the north primary Indonesian hospital and allowed hospital. So these two structures uh, from the very beginning, since October 7, after October 7, is repeatedly hit uh, and damage uh, by the Israeli airstrikes and bombardment. So this is uh, uh, kind of concerning in the sense that uh, a hospital must be protected in, in a way, as well as the medical uh, personnel that is working inside because they have the duty of uh, to treat uh, the sick and the wounded that is coming. Mm. And looking at that direct impact of the assault um, on the hospitals, then what kind of injuries and healthcare needs were were you seeing? Were healthcare workers seeing on the ground as a result of the escalation, um, es- uh, escalation by the Israeli forces? I guess we, with the level of 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 uh, of uh, ammunition, so munitions that is uh, they're dropping in Gaza with the aerial bombardment, drone strike. 
and now the, uh, I guess it was started the, the, the ground incursion. So you will be seeing a multiple trauma uh, for for injuries. Mm-hmm. Right? So it means that you will have uh, kind of like people will uh, will uh, lost their limbs. Uh, people will uh, lost their. Uh, we have a kind of really deep wounds that uh, will affect uh, the, the, the tissue or also the tissue. Then uh, you have broken bones as well, and you have a. Uh, Abdominal trauma caused by projectiles. So, and you have crushing injuries when a building is collapsing. And uh, now it's like uh, some of the cases will be gunshot wounds because there's a, a kind of street battle ongoing uh, uh, in in the major uh, um, areas in, in Gaza City in the north as well as in Canyon District. Mm. So it's a, it's a, it's a multiple trauma and a complex uh, uh, wound, I can say. Mm. And to what extent were healthcare facilities, um, healthcare workers, you know, both MSF and, and other health uh, other organizations and local um, healthcare workers able to treat and manage these injuries, considering that you said even before this, right, you already had limits in terms of um, supplies and human resources. Um, right now, we hear of healthcare workers having to resort to um, innovate to treat um, these injuries. I guess, um, what what were the challenges that you saw? I guess, uh, yeah, you said that it's innovations, but uh, the thing that uh, we kind of really uh, put that uh, more in a stronger words, that uh, survivability of how we would like to to, to treat the number of uh, injured uh, cases. It is a perpetual cycle. Mm-hmm. As you can see that there are a lot of injuries that is coming on the door of the hospital on a daily basis. And how you will cope with it, first it's like you, you need to have a human resource to able to treat patients in a more safe place and safe area. The second is the questions of supplies. Mm-hmm. So means that if there are unhindered access of humanitarian aids and medical supplies inside Gaza Street, then you will be able to slowly cope with a number of injured people. But if those elements of safety, security, and supply-wise, this can be impossible for for an organization such as MSF or Doctors Without Borders mm-hmm. to operate. So uh, you can hear already, and if you read already, that uh, we need to make a difficult decisions to leave the hospital because of the safety and security of our staff, both international and national staff. Mm-hmm. So we need to leave the patients behind. And this feels like really our team feels that they are incapacitated in a way that leaving a patient behind after you operate, it's a big, uh, it's a big uh, dilemma that mm. we need to face. Mm. How you you mentioned that you were last station, uh, you were most recently stationed in the primary healthcare facilities. How did that facility also then take on the other cases as you know tertiary hospitals bec- became inundated? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, during the first uh, two weeks of of being there after the after the. Uh, October 7. So the primary healthcare unit is functional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it starts that uh, we receive a medical um, an evacuation orders from the north to and Gaza City to go south of Wadi Gaza, mm-hmm. then uh, we lost uh, communications of our uh, partners in the primary healthcare level. So uh, that is the area also that received a heavy uh, shelling and bombardment uh, 
in in November as mm. well as in December. Mm. And how is the current situation um, also affecting provision of other public healthcare services? Right, we talk about primary care management of chronic diseases. How are all of those being affected as well? Yeah, indeed, indeed. First of all, it's like we need to to take a look in a more uh, security and safety perspective. Even if the hospital, as you can see, it's not respected, mm -hmm. where medical care or emergency care and surgical activities is done, how much more in a primary healthcare level? But didn't it didn't stop us as a, as a as a medical organizations? We try to engage in a different uh, locations in the south to 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 support a primary health care uh, uh, centers in order for them to functions uh, to take care of the displaced populations. Because as you can see, uh, most of the populations, like 1.9 million already, has been moving to the south of Casa, which is, means that in the boundary of middle area, Nosaira, mm -hmm. uh, Canyonis, they're all in the in Rapa area right now. But uh, sad to say also, this is one of the things that if there are no security uh, guarantees that our team will be safe. So we need to, to make a difficult decisions again to, to stop our support in these primary healthcare centers. Mm. And I understand there are also rising concerns over um, the possibility of infectious diseases spreading epidemics because of the displacement of such a huge population, 1.9 million people, and people are now living in cramped um, refugee camps, right? So I understand that's a concern as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. That is one of the primary concerns because the areas that uh, they are being uh, displaced, there's no access to, to water. There's no shelter at all that is prepared for the people. And they cramp in the, in, in this tiny space in Almawasi, if I, if I remember it right. Then the problem with the with the sanitations, where do people need to 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 defecate? That is another issue. Then the problem right now, what we can see, as you say, that uh, the spread of infectious diseases, the natural element that uh, had been in play right now because January, February is the coldest uh, 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 months mm -hmm. for Gaza. Mm -hmm. So this, this, all these factors is is a exacerbated the conditions of developing this kind of uh, of situations. Mm. I've also read that the UN agency, um, UNRWA, has warned that 40% of Gaza's population is at risk of famine. People are going through severe food insecurity. Um, how bad is the situation and what would a famine mean for Palestinians in Gaza? I guess uh, with that kind of a, a statement, uh, from a medical perspective, uh, first is like uh, before uh, declaring that there's a famine, I guess we need to take a look uh, on the on the fact that the systematic uh, uh, deprivations of the populations on the basic needs, which is include food, right, mm -hmm. medical supplies and everything. So, the the when I was there, the market uh, is still open, mm. and the prices are not too high. Mm -hmm. But now, after three months or almost hundred days of uh, constant uh, uh, shelling and bombardment. And limited supplies, so it's the cost is three three times to five times. The problem that we will be facing if uh, the food insecurities will not be addressed, you need to see first uh, the classic vulnerabilities of the population, which means that 
you can see children uh, that is starting to, to develop uh, uh, malnutrition. Mm -hmm. Then uh, pregnant women that doesn't have access to nutrition and also the elderly. So that is one of the indicators that we need to, to, to take a closer look. And it's a reality right now that if people doesn't have or no adequate access to food. Hmm. With this continuous shelling and bombardment that the Palestinians have been facing since October 7, what toll is this taking on the mental health of the population? I mean, uh, let's just, uh, this is what of the, the uh, reality that uh, I see in Gaza. He, among our, our staff, that uh, 9 out of 10 of uh, the staff that uh, we are talking, they lost uh, family members in terms of escalations. Mm -hmm. With the gravity of these uh, uh, attacks right now on bombardment, definitely it will leave an in, really a deep uh, 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 scar to the memories of, uh, of people in Gaza. And uh, this is one of the things also that we would like to address that we are not like, but we are doing it right now to provide a mental health support for every opportunity that we find uh, in our uh, in our centers that we are supporting. So it's a, it's an invisible wound. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we, we kind of like uh, see it before uh, in a great march of return. You fix the leg, you fix the injuries, but if you don't fix uh, the mind, it's a different issue. So particularly for children right now, uh, what I uh, see on, on the external sources right now, there are more than 25,000 children already orphans. So who will take care of this? Hmm. Hmm. That's a big question. What is keeping healthcare workers going? What kept you going even in the most dire situations? I mean, there is, there is, the, the need is really high. The fact that uh, the, the Palestinian colleagues are motivated despite of all the dangers that they are facing to work, despite of all the, the, the uh, incident that happened, that uh, attacks on, on healthcare workers. So they're still motivated to help uh, and to take care of the wounded uh, and sick people in the hospital. But the problem right now is the space that we will be operating. Mm. So we are, we are in the north in the beginning. We have two uh, major hospitals that we are supporting in the north, which is uh, Indonesian and uh, al Auda. And this has been that attack. Uh, uh, this has been hit several times. Uh, then now it's like, after being hit, you will be receiving evacuation orders. Mm -hmm. So it means that uh, patients, medical staff needs to go out. And most of our staff, if they evacuate from one location to another, then they will go to another hospital to support their their their, uh, their medical colleagues. Mm -hmm. So, I I have some uh, informations that some of our doctors are going from the north to the south to to, to allow the hospital to Nasser Hospital, back to Al Shifa, and back again to European Gas Hospital. So this is this is the motivations for 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 our national colleague as well as for the international medical uh, you know, staff that is coming to Gaza to, to support and alleviate uh, the, 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 the workload uh, from the Palestinian community. Hmm. 
How has working in Gaza and and I guess also seeing what's happening now has that changed how you view your role as a healthcare worker? The gravity of the 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 the, the needs uh, are there, mm-hmm. but the main challenge for us is like the way that we would like to level this critical care that we need that the Palestinian people needed. Mm-hmm. But the problem is. We are not yet there because of all these challenges and difficulties in terms of security, mm-hmm. supply-wise, and a, a safe space to work. Mm-hmm. So we we are trying our 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 best to to, to provide even the minimum uh, services that we can offer to the injured and sick. But uh, our space is getting smaller. Mm. For a lot of us, Rahidor, we are well. Looking, we're watching, reading about what's happening through social media, through news reports, right? I mean, nowadays we're seeing it unfold in real time. But what do you think people like, you know, people like me who are watching things happen in Gaza from the other side of the world, what do you think we might not understand about the gravity of the situation there? And is there any, is there any message that you'd like to leave? I mean, for us, the, the, continuous bombardment of, uh, of Gaza, which means that we, we are calling or an immediate and unconditional uh, ceasefire mm-hmm. that is needed. This is to prevent uh, more lives lost in the process of this conflict. Then uh, second message for us, which is uh, the attacks on, on uh, hospitals must stop, as well as civilians. Then the third message, which is quite important, I keep mentioning it, it should be an unhindered access of humanitarian aid to Gaza not only in Rapa, but also in the northern part of Gaza City, as well as the northern part of uh, Gaza Street. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story today, Rahidor. Yeah, thanks a lot. I've been speaking to Rahidor Esquera, registered nurse and healthcare worker with Médecins Sans Frontières, about what he's seen on the ground in Gaza in his assignments to the Gaza Strip, um, as well as why MSF is calling for an immediate ceasefire. I'm Lim Suen, and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.